Thanks for joining the Always Learning Podcast. Uh, Today's episode, I actually have the audio from uh, my speaking engagement at my old high school. It was really cool because I got to join their entrepreneurship program and um, just kind of share my story a little bit, share some success stories, share a lot of failure stories, and um, just really allow myself to... Um, talk with all these students and just kind of let them know that everyone's path is their own. And it was a lot of fun because I, I really wish back then, because um, I actually took that class back then. Um, and I, I wish someone like me had come in and kind of just talked a little a little bit about some other options that, you know, just, you don't have to go to college, go do a, do a particular job, that there's a million pathways to success. And um, it was really cool. It was really enlightening. It's about 25 minutes of me talking, kind of sharing my story, and then um, 20 minutes of kind of open Q&A and the students asking some questions and sharing their business ideas, which is their uh, their big project for the semester. So it was really cool. Give it a listen. Hope you enjoy it. And uh, as always, give us some feedback and let us know how you like it. business owners throughout the community or members of chambers of commerce and as part of that process <laughs> we try to bring in some people in here to kind of guide you or mentor you as you're creating your business plans and Mr. Rador was one of those that um, was a judge last year and he came in and spoke and did a similar presentation to this and when he did came in and spoke it kind of clicked to me that because a lot of boys take entrepreneurship and as a late 30s female who you know is a teacher it doesn't necessarily resonate with a lot of 17 18 year old guys that don't want to be teachers so sometimes my message doesn't click as well because you don't relate <clears throat> and my path when i was your age i knew as soon as i was able to speak that my father was i was going to go to college like he was going to pay for me to go to college and i was going to go he didn't care what I got a degree in, but that was not like an option. It wasn't like I got to pick my path. And I was okay with that because our society was very much like that's just what you do. And I think in the last five to ten years, I've seen a huge shift in what kids should do after high school. Many of you are going to go to college, do great, and that's the path that you should pick. Some of you, I think that's just the path that people tell you you should pick, and it's not necessarily the path that you should take. And as a teacher, I think it's important that we just don't stress college, especially with entrepreneurship, because that may not be your best route. So his story, I think, kind of fits a lot with some of you. Um, and I think also with your business plans, he has a lot of ideas that you can kind of build from. So yeah. thank you. Uh, thanks for having me, guys. Uh, nice to be back in school after what did you get, 15 days off or something crazy, right? <laughs> um, uh, thank you for the introduction and just a little bit about me before I tell you a little bit about my story guys is um, I'm super excited to be here and I appreciate you guys um, listening to me because I was in your shoes uh, about 14 years ago gosh time flies um, uh, but at the time when I was in Clarkston is the class was called marketing one and two which is actually a little more narrow than entrepreneurship entrepreneurship is awesome because it's a little more broad than that it's not even just business owning it's, it's a little bit of everything um, and, and I know when Michelle was talking about, uh, you know, you picking your business and really picking like something you're really interested in, a cause and things like that. Because when, uh, when I did this and I picked my business, um, like I played hockey and I was interested in sports. And I picked, um, 
a sporting goods store and because I was interested in sports and actually the two really have nothing to do with each other. One's like a retail thing. So I was like dealing with inventory and all this other sort of stuff. So all my business problems had nothing to do with sports. So that kind of sucked, right? So um, one of the things I just kind of wanted to share with you was my journey um, because as Ms. Schaefer said, some of you are gonna go to college, you're gonna do great. Um, and that's awesome. I was not one of those people, and I wish someone like me came in um, earlier and just kind of introduced some new ideas and introduced some new paths. Um, and even if a, if a couple of you, kind of, this kind of resonates with you, um, that'd be really cool to me. So I'll take maybe 20 minutes to kind of go through uh, kind of my story a little bit and share that with you guys. And then after that, we'll talk about the disc test, which is really, really cool stuff. Um, and then we'll get into some of your guys' businesses, um, those that you're willing to share, and we'll talk a little bit about the digital marketing plans uh, for that. I know you've not gotten into the marketing plans yet, but I'm gonna introduce to you uh, a couple of ideas and um, challenges for you um, as you think about that. So that, that all sound good? All right, come on, yeah. Yeah? Yeah. There we go, yeah. thank you. It's, yeah. You don't have excuses, it's the second hour. You're, you're in now. All right, so um, who am I? My name's Aaron, okay? Um, I graduated in 05. Uh, eons ago, um, but I am a college dropout. I've been a part of three failed business startups. I've been fired twice. Um, now I run my own company, um, and what's funny is, uh, I'm, look, I'm a veteran of failure, okay? Uh, I used to be, I used to hide behind that. I used to not share that story very often, but let me tell you something, guys, you learn more from the failures than, I do, than, than any of the wins, right? Um, America, we as Americans tend to be a little obsessed with um, dwelling on the failures and dwelling on our weaknesses instead of you know really celebrating the successes, celebrating the wins, and celebrate the lessons learned. And that's really all I wanted to, to talk about today. Um, I wouldn't trade any of those experiences for anything, and they made me a better, better business owner today. So it's actually really cool to look back. Sucked at the time, don't get me wrong, but um, a lot better now. So um, right now I'm, uh, I'm the co-founder of 87 Media. It's a digital marketing company uh, based here in Clarkston. Um, I, uh, I founded it with a partner of mine, someone that I actually met way back in high school, which is really cool. Um, kind of to do that with a long-standing partnership. Um, I'm also an investor. I'm part of multiple six-figure businesses, um, real estate expert. I also was a firefighter at EMT uh, way back in, in the day. Um, I am a, a drummer uh, and a chamber ambassador, and I'm also a former hockey player for Clarkston here. So um, kind of just a broad, broad spectrum of, of things. But ultimately, guys, um, I found my calling um, a few years ago, and I realized that while I was interested in marketing, I really wanted to be an entrepreneur, okay? So what, is, what does an entrepreneur mean? The actual definition of entrepreneur is a person who organizes and operates a business or businesses taking on a greater than normal financial risk in order, in order to do so. Um, why that's a little bit broader than just business owner is that entrepreneurs can own multiple businesses and they put teams behind them and teams uh, with them that can help them um, produce and make a bigger impact you know, make more money, have more resources, produce more jobs, and do all those kinds of things. If that sounds interesting to you, like really, really clue in here. Uh, again, um, if, I, if I just, if my story resonates with even a couple of you, that would be really cool. But there's stuff in here for everybody, don't get me wrong. Um, I wanted to talk about the impact of an entrepreneur, okay? Entrepreneurs, um, because of their ability to to create, uh, create jobs, create resources, make money, they're able to make um, an impact like this example. One of my mentors, um, Russell Brunson, anyone heard of Russell Brunson at all? Okay, that's all right, he's uh, a little more in marketing circles. Um, 
He's a founder of a software called ClickFunnels. Um, and they're making big noise in the marketing world today, and it's been really, really awesome. Um, he is an entrepreneur and investor, and he owns a nine-figure software business. Nine-figure means over $100 million, so he's doing okay. Um, but with this is <clears throat> he is serving tons of entrepreneurs like myself because he's given me a platform and a coaching um, uh, uh, program to be able to go through to help me uh, you know, not make so many mistakes, right? But he also has joined up with uh, Tim Ballard. Um, he's of Operation Under Underground Railroad. Anyone heard of Operation Underground Railroad? Okay. It's starting to come into national light a little bit. Um, it was actually advertised um, on uh, Sunday Night Football uh, a few months back. Operation Underground Railroad is um, an organization that gets uh, people out of sex trafficking. Um, that's something that's near and dear to Russell's heart, and uh, Tim Ballard was the founder of Operation Underground Railroad. Tim's story here is he was a special agent in Homeland Security, okay, and he was seeing case after case after case of, of seeing someone in a terrible sex trafficking situation, tied up by government restraint, and he's unable to move and un unable to save that person. And uh, I can't imagine a more helpless feeling, honestly, uh, than just kind of watching that and not being able to do anything. So he finally got fed up and said, you know what, I want to create my own organization and get these kids out of those awful, awful situations without that government restraint. And things went great for a little bit. Um, but he was a very, very small uh, organization and wasn't able to make as a bit of a big of an impact because he was low on resources. Um, well. In comes Russell, who heard his story and was able to put um, some money towards it to help him organize and help him raise money and help him use digital marketing to be able to spread the message. Okay, and now they've rescued, and this is this number is only uh, as of a couple months ago. This is probably way more now. Uh, they've rescued 1,200 sex trafficking victims and arrest over 450 traffickers. And I say that's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um. Entrepreneurship at the end of the day, guys, it's, it's a calling. It just took me 10 years to realize it. So like I said, if any one of you is kind of like thinking they might go down this road, uh, come talk to me because maybe I can make you realize it and, and get there in five years instead of 10. <laughs> um, but the path is, it, you're good, you can keep it there. Um, the path is very meandering, right? I went through a lot of bumps and bruises and um, was able to, to really understand what I wanted to do through a lot of trial and error. Um, if I had more mentors or more people like me coming in, and I, I appreciate you so much for allowing me to come in because I wish this was done back when I was doing it, just to like, oh, that's interesting, I could do that instead. I went to school to be a teacher, and guys, you should be happy that I'm not teaching. That would not be good for all of us. <laughs> um, I, was, um, I was in college, filled out, I was fired for EMT. Um, I started, who knows what cold calling is? Okay. For those of you that don't know, um, it, cold calling is where you are literally dying up, dialing up someone just because you have their phone number and you're saying, hey, um, you know, hi, this is Aaron. Um, I hear you're low on, you know, printer ink or I heard you need paper. Basically, I was working for Dunder Mifflin for the office, right? So my very first cold call ever, <laughs> this is awesome, is um, I was running through the script. I was super uncomfortable. Uh, I pick up the phone and I asked for, you know, Mr. Joe, business owner, right? Hey, is Joe around, da, 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 da. And it was a woman's voice on the phone. 
it was his daughter actually, and her voice kind of cracks a little bit. And I go, hi, I was looking for Joe and Joe so and so, and she told me that that was her dad and that he was dead. <laughs> my first, my first cold call ever, almost made me quit completely, was to a deceased guy. So I don't know what the odds are of that happening. They're probably pretty low. So, um, what do you think I did? What do you think I did at that point? You think I kept going, tried to sell her on the phone? No, probably not. I actually panicked. I hung up quick. <laughs> uh, but, uh, but through that experience, I learned some valuable lessons, though. I learned how to cold call and how to deal with, like, with failure or getting yelled at and told to screw off or whatever and just kind of build up a little callus and not worry about that because their opinion doesn't matter, right? So then I got into um, a startup marketing company. You guys know what startup means, right? Okay, good. Um, then I worked for a big marketing company in corporate America, um, got my realtor's license, and um, through a series of trial and error and failure and some success through here, uh, I started my own marketing company, um, and I've, I've never, I haven't looked back. It's been so much fun and so fulfilling, which is probably the most important part. Um, for, for this, guys, I want to talk a little bit about, like, that journey took me a long time. It took me 10 years to kind of get through. Um, I was really struggling through that whole process, particularly going to college with like, all right, what am I meant to do? What, what is my job? What is my career path? What is that all going to look like? Right. Um, I was out hunting, um, with my cousins. And, uh, when I say hunting, I mean, in the sense that I was sitting in a blind and just trying not to fall asleep and not actually seeing anything. So some of you are probably much better hunters than I, um, but I actually was wondering, cause I was thinking a lot about school and, my grades were awful. I wasn't, it wasn't fun. It was, it was distressing. I was wasting money the whole nine yards, right? Um, I actually started thinking thoughts like, you know, what if I just went in the woods, kept walking, didn't come back, right? I just didn't know what I was built for, okay? And like I said, some of you were going to be like, you know what? I knew I wanted to be a teacher since I was, since I was little. I want to do nothing else. I'm going to go to college, get my teaching certificate, graduate, start teaching. That's awesome. Good for you. I'm very happy. That's so, that's so awesome to know that early, right? But for those of you that are kind of wondering and you're not sure, I just want you to, to know that like, entrepreneurship is definitely a viable thing. You can start a business at age seven, and I'll tell you a little bit of a story about that later. Um, but entrepreneurs, look, uh, they can be amazing. Um, they tend to struggle with focus, fit, and organization. So that sound like anybody in the room? <laughs> nice. Raise it high. That's good. I love it. <laughs> um, the beauty of that, though, is if you surround yourself with a team of people that are really awesome at things like organization or high detail, you're all good, right? Um, so at the end of the day, the real question is, um, so why did you take entrepreneurship and then what are your drivers, okay? We, it's, a, it's something that I ask a lot of people. What are your entrepreneurship drivers and what's a driver? Why are you doing what you do, okay? Some of you took entrepreneurship just because you wanted to fill the class schedule. Totally fine, totally fine. Some of you took this because you are taking an interest in this kind of business and you want to see more what it's about, right? So one of my main questions um, of you guys is which of these drivers best fits you, okay? There's money, okay? I want to make most money possible and that's my, that's my number and that's what I'm going after, right? But is it making an impact? Is it having flexibility so you can do what you want when you want? Do you want to have control over a story, a narrative, a cause? Do you want to control over that stuff? Do you want to leave a legacy? So show of hands, who, who would be driven by money? <laughs> okay. Okay. Good. 
How many would really be satisfied by making a big impact? Good. Good. Flexibility. Who wants to do when they want, whenever they want to? <laughs> nice. Uh, who, who would want control? And don't think of control as a bad thing. Who wants control over what they're doing? Okay, good. And then what about leaving a legacy? Who wants their name to live on? Good. That's awesome, guys. Um, some of you rose your hand on two or three of those. That's great. That's really, really good. There's not a lot of jobs that offer all of those things all at once. Some jobs will offer you flexibility, but then you're not making the money, right? Or vice versa, or definitely lacking control. You know, so entrepreneurship is definitely the ways you can get all of those things. Um, look, if this is your calling, look, anyone can do this. Anyone can start a business and uh, make, make good money and have all of those things, the control, flexibility, etc. cetera. Um, my, uh, my sister, um, I, have, I have two sisters that are working in the school district, and um, one of them is an elementary school teacher. And she had, um, a, I had a really cool experience. I went and spoke with their class and had a little bit of a different conversation than you guys. It was way more low level. But um, Max raised his hand in the middle of all this, and he goes, Hey, have you ever met, met a, uh, how old are they in the fourth grade? They're, what, like eight, somewhere in there? So, you ever met an eight-year-old uh, business owner? I go, Max, I have not. He goes, well, you just have. I was like, nice, all right, cool. He busts out his business card, and he brings it up to me, okay? He goes, I'm Max, I have my own t-shirt company, I'm here to service all of your, uh, your t-shirt business needs, or whatever his, his uh, motto or shtick was. And I high-fived him, I said, Max, you and I need to talk, okay? Max decided that he wanted to um, start a t-shirt company, and his parents helped him out, obviously, a little bit, but he was responsible for fulfillment, so he had to make the t-shirts, get them done, take the orders, everything, right? This kid is eight years old. So if you're like, oh, it's too early, forget that. He's making 10, over $10,000 doing this stuff in a summer, because he's taking orders and working with organizations and you know, doing fundraisers and all this other sort of stuff. So pretty cool, yeah? $10,000 in the summer sound not bad? Yeah, I like it. <laughs> um, the, uh, the cool part about that is, um, yeah, he did it with a little bit of support, but it was his idea. So what you want to do is take the idea, run with it. You can find people that know exactly how to do what you're looking to do, okay? I can be one of those people as well, okay? We're going to share my contact information later. You got an idea, something you want to kind of pursue or whatever, talk to me. I might be able to point you in the right direction or connect you with someone that knows what the heck they're doing in that industry. And there you go. Now you got yourself a little $10,000 summer business. Not bad. Um, another story I wanted to tell was um, there's a woman by the name of Kate Schmidt. Um, and she does uh, flowers for weddings. Good morning, and, uh, Mr. Schaefer. Good morning. Send Justin Hallett to the attendance office, please. Anything for you, yes. Thank you. Have a good day. You too. <laughs> Make it easy. <laughs> um, so uh, Kate Schmidt, close family friend of ours. Um, no, you're good. Austin. Got people dropping like flies. Uh, anyway, sorry guys. Um, so uh, Kate Schmidt, a family friend of ours, and her parents, um, uh, they used to live in North Carolina, she's local now, and uh, she, um, 
uh, at 16, her parents said, hey, look, you're going to start a business. You're not going to get a summer job. Um, we don't care what you pick. We literally don't care what you pick, but you're going to learn how to start a business from top to bottom, and we're going to help you and assist you, right? So she chose uh, floral, floral arrangements, right? Through the course of that, she has expanded her business significantly and now has one of the most successful wedding uh, flower businesses in the area. She's making over six figures, um, and she's featured in you know, publications like The Knot. Um, for those who don't know, it's a, that's a pretty high-end um, publication for weddings and things like that. She's absolutely crushing it. She's at the point where I, I don't, I, she would hate me if I was even close to quoting this, but I'm saying like she has a low limit of like, oh, I don't do, I don't get out of bed for less than $20,000 flower jobs. You know what I'm saying? Like that's what she's worked up to. But if you think about this guys, if she started at 16, okay, by age 26, she's got 10 years of experience, right? Most people are just getting started right around that. She's got a huge leg up, you know? So there's, I'm just trying to create some consideration for, hey, whatever your idea is, it's never too early to start. Um, so listen, my best advice for you guys, uh, if you're looking to learn a little bit more about these types of things, is get out and learn and start rubbing shoulders with people. Um, I will say this time and time again, if you wanna come hang out with me for a day, see a little bit about what I do. Um, it will not be something where you're sitting next to me while I you know, type out emails or anything like that. Um, you can see what I do on a daily basis, who I'm meeting with, who I'm talking to. Or if I'm not uh, a fit for you or not uh, you know, an interest to you, you're not interested in a digital marketing company, that's fine. I got plenty of contacts in all kinds of different industries that they would be more than happy to have you shadow them for a day or two to learn a little bit more about whatever industry that they're in. Um, this is one of the things that actually, I had a Clarkson High School teacher, is Mr. Cheryl still around? Cheryl, I said, yeah, who knows? Anyway, Mr. Cheryl, that ring a bell? Anybody? All right. Paul, you know him? What's that? Junior high? Uh, maybe he's in the junior high, yeah. Um, he uh, he read a, was reading us a book on um, in one of our classes, and he was just talking about, like, build out your contacts, your contact list, okay? The, the world is so much who you know, but also each one of you is unique with a different set of strengths. That's part of what the, di the disc test is, a different set of strengths and a different set of weaknesses, right? If you can find someone that helps balance that out, my partner in my company balances me out very, very well, right? So we cover each other's weaknesses and we get to use each other's strengths. Um, uh, picking good partners is what I was talking about, but also finding good mentors, okay? I wish I understood this 10 years ago. Find people that are doing something better than you, okay? And just go learn from them. They, you'd be amazed at how like two sentences from a mentor can save you a year's worth of mistakes. It's actually been amazing. So just go learn from people, from people that are doing better than you are, okay? Does that make sense, everybody? Give me a yeah, come on. Yeah. There we go, thank you. <laughs> um, also understand, like I talked about um, with Kate Schmidt, understand that you guys have time, okay? It's never too early to start because you have all kinds of time, okay? 10 years from now, you're, you're not even going to be 30 yet, you know? Um, double down your strengths. Um, we in, in the U.S. and America, we seem to obsess with our flaws and our weaknesses and how to fix those things, right? Look, there's something to be said for always improving. I think that's great, right? But one of the best things I learned in just a few years ago was, hey, I'm really good at a certain amount of things, right? You can't be good at everything. It's not the way it works. I'm good at, a, at a, some set of things, and it takes me less energy to do what I'm good at than it is to work really hard at something I'm not very good at. Fair? That makes sense, right? So when I built out a team, we did personality tests, we did disc tests, we did a couple of other things to, be, to see, okay, you know what, who do I need on my team that's gonna allow me to do what I'm really, really good at, 
and then find someone else to focus on what they're really good at, and then we all win. Does that make sense? Find good partners, find good mentors, always learn, and then really understand what your strengths are, and be okay with those. Don't worry about what you're not good at as much. Okay? That make sense? Yeah. 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 There we go. <laughs> um, leverage your contacts. And then um, if anyone are looking for a business idea, um, solve someone else's problems. Okay? Um, simple example I gave last hour, which I came up with on the fly and actually kind of worked, was, um, look, for someone like me, okay, um, I'm really trying to buy my time back because I want to go leverage my time into other activities, okay? So I didn't start that way, but that's the spot that I'm in with my business, right? So one of the things where my problem, if I don't have time to do something, is I would love someone to be able to cut my lawn, shovel my driveway, or plow my driveway, and do those kinds of things, right? So I have a problem. Who here could start a lawn, lawn care business that could solve my problem? You better all raise your hand. You all can do that. <laughs> That's right. So you can do that. You can start your own plowing company. You know, I mean, are you 16? Are you 16? There, there you go, dude. You can drive. Covered, you know? So, so um, I'm saying it really can be that simple and not to overthink things. And uh, we already took that step. Let's take that disc test. So um, we're going to get into the disc. I'll get into some questions that you guys have and go through your guys' business. I want to make this as interactive as possible without you guys listening to me the whole time. Um, but ultimately, um, what's next? If you are looking for an internship or job shadowing or anything that might be interesting to you, like reach out to me, okay? Even if you don't, you don't come hang out with me or you don't intern with me or whatever, I got so many people that would be happy to help you along and, and to have you join them for a little bit so you can see what's out there, okay? Um, also, uh, digital marketing is my company, so if you're looking for digital marketing advice um, on an idea, last year we had a couple of people say, hey, I've got this idea, how could I market it? You know, and I, I gave them a couple of ideas and there you go, they're off and running, right? Um, business question, question, startup advice. Remember, I've been part of three different startups, right? So um, reach me anytime. Shoot me an email. Um, I'll, I'll respond back as soon as I can. Um, my, my admin is in my email constantly, so she'll get back to you, um, and we'll, uh, we'll get you taken care of. So sound good? Beautiful. All right, guys. Um, Thank you. Thank you for letting me share that. That was something that's kind of near and dear to my heart, especially because I was your, in your seat uh, 14 years ago or so. Um, so I really appreciate you guys uh, letting me be here and, um, and share that story. So thank you. Um, so now let's, uh, let's talk about the DISC profile. So again, they, have not, they just took the test, haven't gone through the results, correct? I don't think they really understood the test very well. <laughs> that's okay. That's but okay. Is there anybody that wants theirs projected so that they can... Mm -hmm. My man, I like it. <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh oh. Oh man. So on what you have in front of you is this, and I believe this as well as perhaps that, because I thought that was the easiest thing to understand. Yep. And your value index, <laughs> which is kind of those drivers that you were talking about. Yep. So we'll, uh, the two I want, we'll want to focus on for now. And guys, definitely, um, like after this, like really read through it and try and digest it. Because this is part of what I was talking about with the, uh, the doubling down your strengths and, and um, not worrying about shoring up your weaknesses. The, the disc profile, I wish I took a long time ago. Because as I was reading through it, I was like, oh, 
that's my personality, but more importantly, that's why the way that I, I am. And that's okay. Each one of us is so different, right? And each one of us has different different drivers. We were talking about um uh, we were talking about kind of money, impact, whatever. Each one each one of us has a different answer, okay? So um what's your name, brother? Briggs. Briggs? I like that. Um so Briggs here is, his test is completely his own. And this is not a right or wrong thing. I'm gonna kind of walk through what these things all mean and I want them to look at you, look at them for, for you. So Briggs is actually somebody that um, tends to fall into a uh, business owner category, okay? And here's why. So the D tends to, um, the higher the, the, the D um, uh, number there is, the more of a driver that you are the more of a pusher, you, know, you push the limits and you drive towards a goal, right? Now, the, the lower that number is, that doesn't mean you can't go be a business owner, I'm just saying you're more apt to, sh uh, to show this behavior, does that make sense? Okay, now the high eyes tend to be a little more of those outgoing personalities, are you an outgoing personality? Yeah, <laughs> um, This is one of the highest eyes I've ever seen. That's awesome. That's good. Um, the eyes are the people that, um, at networking events, they love it, they love to rub shoulders, right? Um, again, I'm talking like generalities, right? So um, for, uh, <laughs> for Briggs here, um, you would do very well, like man, I'll, I'll take you right now, we'll go to some networking events and you'll take care of all the talk and I'll be able to kind of hang back and be like, yeah, say that, you know, so. <laughs> but um, the S, okay, my S is very high, S stands for a little bit more stability. Um, so the high D, low S people um, might be the CEO that's like, I'm, I'm getting to this goal, they're very successful people, but they need a high S on their team to help maintain their team because they don't really care about, uh, and I'm not saying this in a negative way, I really don't. They just don't care as much about people's feelings or how people are feeling about stuff or hey, how's everything working on the back end? They are so focused on that end goal, right? Um, Steve Jobs was not a high S, very successful. Right, but he had to have people around him that were high S's to balance that out. That makes sense, okay? So, but Mr. Briggs here, he's he's still nice to people. <laughs> um, <laughs> so then the high C's or low C's in this instance, uh, your and I's I is different, but we are about the same C. C's are uh, it kind of shows the level of like follow through and level of detail that you show. High C's are people that, that like a 99C, uh, my admin is a 99C, if something's not done off the checklist, it's like, no, we are not leaving until we finish these things, right? Our low C's are like, yeah, we'll worry about that tomorrow, we're gonna move on to this thing, this thing, this thing, or whatever, right? So we love, and I'm, I'm generalizing, I'm talking, but I'm speaking for me, I love to take most projects to about 75%, and, but I need those high C's to finish that. I'll kick something rolling down the hill, and get this, uh, this project going, something that's really exciting, but if I didn't have people to finish it, nothing would ever get actually done. Does that make sense? Okay, so um, this, do this profile uh, is very, very interesting. I want you guys to look at a couple different things too. When you're looking at this, um, this is natural and this is adaptive, okay? When it says natural, and you can actually read a better explanation than what I'm gonna give you right here, but in general, this is what you are naturally. So how I kind of describe that is, hey, you're with your family, your best friends, where you're super comfortable. This is what you're naturally gonna fall into, okay? So Briggs is gonna be a little bit more of a driver, a little more outgoing, a little bit like more, more stability, caring about people's feelings possibly. Um, 
and, uh, and your C's are about the same um, with people that you're very, very comfortable with. This is super common for the, the D score to go down just a little bit in, if, in a situation where you're adapting. Let's say for me, an adaptive situation might be I'm at, a, I'm at a, an event where there's a lot of maybe, you know, high-end influential people there where, I, I, I mean, most, I don't, I don't have the most knowledge in the room, things like that. I'm there to learn, what have you, right? I'm going to adapt to their conversation. I'm going to adapt to what they're talking about because I'm still trying to feel everything out, right? I'm adapting to the situation, so I'm not naturally comfortable in that situation. Does that make sense? So if you're in that kind of uncomfortable situation, your, your D score is going to go down a little bit because you're not going to drive something forward just because of the room that you're in. Does that make sense, guys? Okay, cool. Um, and again, Bruce, thank you for allowing me to share this. This has been awesome. So um, your scores also are pretty close, right? So in adaptive, you don't change a whole ton. You just kind of sand down the edges a little bit. Totally normal, right? <clears throat> this one's interesting, and it, don't, don't get me wrong, it's not indicative of anything crazy, is uh, Tony Robbins, the, the developer of this disc test, um, what he says is if you have big drops here across multiple levels, it just shows that you might not be on the right seat of the bus. And for, for students in school, that, this is super common, okay? But if you are hired into a position um, and you're doing your work every day and you take this disc test after a year of being at that job, okay, and your levels on natural and adaptive are way off, that's indicative of you probably being in a position that's giving you high stress. Maybe your boss sucks, Told that could totally happen. Maybe the job description isn't quite fitting you. You're not as successful as you wanna be. It indicates stressors, okay? And that just would be a cause for, hey, let's evaluate where you're at. Maybe this isn't the best fit for you. Does that make sense? Ideally, you want these things pretty close across the board. That way, when the way you're acting naturally is also how you are adaptive, and then that creates some harmony so you're not having to constantly change and create angst. So, does that make sense, guys? Did anyone else find that super interesting? Nice. Yeah, I thought that was super interesting, too. I, I, I really love getting into this. So, um, the next thing I'm going to talk about a little bit is, um, so drivers, right? This is very, very interesting to me. We're not going to spend a lot of time on this. Um, but in general, how long do we have to, today? Uh, I think it's about 20 minutes. Perfect. Um, <clears throat> This is also getting into a little bit more like the, D the DISC is a little more what you are. This is really getting into what drives you and the why of, of what you are. Um, so aesthetic, economic, individualist, political, altruist, regulatory, theoretical. The, you know how I was talking about the entrepreneurship drivers? This is where you're going to find out a little bit more about yourself, right? So, uh, Briggs, uh, tell me, are, did you feel a couple of these things are, a, are accurate? Let's kind of go through. You are an average um, aesthetic, meaning you're able to appreciate the benefit for balance and harmony without losing sight of the practical side of things. So you think that describes you? Yeah. Nice. Very high economic. You're very competitive and bottom line oriented. That true? Yeah? Nice. Don't have to appease me. Tell me it's wrong, if it is. <laughs> yep. All right, so individual, individualistic, you're not an extremist, and you're able to balance the needs of both the others and self. Feel like that's accurate? Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, all right. Where would it might not be accurate? Just curious. Um, other than the needs of others, yeah. Okay. In, in what way? Uh, like, um, I would like worry about what I need to get done first, honestly. Okay, interesting. 
Um, and again, guys, this is, this is like, take the spirit of this because obviously you only took a certain amount of questions. This wasn't like a deep psychological deep dive, you know? So that's why I was kind of curious uh, what that was. So um, uh, the, the next one I kind of want to talk about really, really quick was the, the one that you were like the highest on is you were able to accept the credit or take the blame with a buck stops here attitude. Do you feel like that describes you? Nice. For that kind of stuff, guys, um, Briggs, honestly, brother, you'd be, you'd be a great business owner in a lot of ways because you know, the buck stops with you when you're a CEO of a company, right? Or, or just even just a business owner, maybe not a CEO, right? Buck stops here, very practical, handles people well, high eye. I could definitely see that. Now, that's not an end-all, be-all. I'm just creating an example. You guys understand? Yeah? All right. All right, we're going to take Briggs off the fire here. So thank you for allowing me to share that. I really appreciate that. So give Briggs a hand. All right. <laughs> yeah. All right, guys. So um, what I want to do for the next little bit is um, a couple of you I'd be interested in kind of having you share your, your business idea a little bit. Um, we're going to talk about your businesses, and uh, I want this to be as open Q&A as possible. Leverage me as a resource now and later. And I'm going to talk a little bit about digital marketing and your guys' marketing plans. I understand you have not done those yet, um, you know. So, but if you started thinking about it, that's good. Um, and I'll give you some digital marketing ideas that can help kind of supercharge that and make it a little more, a little more fun and practical for today's day and age. So, sound good? Yeah. Come on. Yeah. yeah. All right. Um, anyone willing to share what their business idea is? I'll I'll pick someone right now. <laughs> There we go. Um, my business idea was, do you know what Arduino is? No. Arduino is uh, like almost a small computer that um, it's open source. And what I would do is make my own starter kit off of the open source Arduino and like make my own programs on it. Yeah. And sell them to like aspiring programmers and people that want to learn programming and college students. Yeah. And, uh, like I can basically equip it with tools that they can use to learn programming. Nice, I like that a lot. That's yeah. a really good idea. Well thought out. What made you think of that? Uh, I want to learn more about programming. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. All right, anyone else? Come on. I can project. <laughs> Come on, this isn't a test. I'm just curious, guys. Somebody. Briggs, what's yours? Yeah, Briggs. <laughs> uh, oh, you're next. <laughs> I, is, uh, it's like, I like, I want to sell like vintage clothing and like uh, top of the line, like uh, like shoes that like you would consider like rare. Okay. Uh, kind of like, like there's like a shoe app called uh, like Go, for example. They take like vintage shoes that are like uncommon. They like mm. they sell and have like would have a store for that. Nice. Okay. When would you want to do that? Out of curiosity. Why would I do that? No, yeah, what made you want to? Do you like, uh, do you like, like that kind of I stuff? I really like shoes. Yeah, okay. Like, um, doing something with clothing would be super cool too. So like, I really like shopping and stuff. I love clothes. And nice. So today I'm just wearing sweatpants. So <laughs> hey, hey, you know what it is. No worries. No worries. What's yours? Um, uh, so I think people like either 
can like know how to work out or know how to eat. Like not a lot of people like know both. Like, so true. They can be working out the right way but eating wrong. And sure. Just, like, not That's me. Love pizza. <laughs> work out but love pizza. <laughs> and so I would do something where like you work instead of like going to different places to like figure out like your di- what your diet should be or like how you should be eating. And, like another place to figure out like how to work out or like working out. It'd be kind of combined. So like you're working with the same people to work out and eat. Yep. So it's not like so like they know your goal and like your what you want to accomplish. And sure. Kind of help you throughout that. I like it. Uh, there's someone in our coaching program. Uh, it's, uh, write this down to her. Just uh, don't forget it. Is a uh, lady boss. Ladyboss.com. Uh, her name's Kaylin Poulin. She's someone that's doing a little bit uh, of that. So definitely check out some of the things that she's doing. It should be very interesting. Give you some cool, cool business ideas. <coughs> Anyone else? Give me another one, guys. There we go. Do you know what Okafor is? Uh, I, I think I might have heard the it's name. I don't know what it like is. It's luxury like clothing and like top of the line hand sewn. So I want to create a company where it's like all hand sewn and like Okafor clothing made out of recycled fabric, uh, fabrics to like solve the problem of like clothing moms and like other like poor Asian countries and like get rid of the sweatshops and all that to yep. make, like luxury goods out of like recycled fabrics. Like that. I like that a lot. That's you guys got some good ideas. This is good stuff. <laughs> All right, um, give me uh, give me one more, and then I'll kind of go on a digital marketing um, spiel a little bit. Anybody else? Thank you for sharing. Appreciate that. You can see their ideas here. Oh, here we go. <laughs> um, <laughs> These are all, these are all good. I want to go through all of these now. <laughs> um, who's uh, who wants Hockey World? Actually, I'm gonna tell you a story. Charles. Nice. Um, if you don't mind me asking, um, why'd you choose it? You you a hockey player? Yep. Nice. So you were you were me back in the day. Okay. Um, why uh why'd you choose retail store of hockey products? Is it because of the interest in hockey or interest in retail? Hockey. Okay. So. Um, obviously, this would, you have to clear this with the shaper. I don't want to throw anything out with uh, the baby with the bathwater here. But um, what you did was exactly what I did back in the day. I think you heard me tell the story a little bit. That shows it, but it was like retail doesn't really actually have anything to do with hockey, right? So what has a little bit more to do with hockey? Um, maybe you started hockey camps, okay? And then you, put, you were able to put together the hockey curriculum, find coaches, and sell that camp, and that's your business, right? That probably would have a little bit more to do with hockey, right? Retail, you're going to get into a lot of inventory and managing products and all the other stuff that you know you don't really want to do. Now, if it's too late to change, totally fine. Okay, um, what you might want to focus on a little bit is all right, who are you trying to serve? What kind of hockey player and who are these products for? Okay, um, and 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 you don't have to have thought about it. Have you thought about that at all, or are you just kind of just hockey players in general? Yeah. Okay. So. Um, to make this, and I'm, I'm creating this example, guys, because as you're creating the marketing plans, what I consult with businesses on is who are you really trying to serve? Who are you really going after? Who's your customer avatar? Okay? And when I say that, I mean if your customer avatar was like Pee Wee Hockey and Blow, right? Would you agree that your hockey store is probably going to be geared a little bit different and show a little bit different than if you're trying to serve um, amateurs and above? Yeah. yeah? So if you have a kid friendly store or online store, um, you're going to have obviously the uh, the you know mini mite peewee gear. It's going to be all smaller, all the youth gear. 
maybe you have like a swap, you know, to, to mitigate some costs a little bit. Then you have a little more interactive, you know, section of the store where the kids come in and play a little bit and shoot a little bit instead of the adults will come in and pick their thing and they get on, right? So why, why I talk about that, guys, is who do you truly want to serve? Even in the, um, uh, the fitness niche, right? You probably don't want to serve everybody, right? You really want to, are you trying to serve women of a certain age and help them with their diet and help them feel good about who they are and what they want to do? Your marketing plan becomes much better and more defined when you understand that. Does that make sense? So even down to coloring and branding, guys, I know you're talking about like logos and stuff like that. If you're serving women, you know, what you're going to see on the ladyboss.com thing is bright pink, Kaylin's all over the place, showing a lot of women's classes and stuff like that. Now she, you know, she will, you know, serve men, obviously, but who is she really focusing in on, right? So similar to kind of that kid's store thing, right? So if you're trying to serve kids, your marketing plan needs to be to adults, though, because they're the ones buying the stuff. Does that make sense? Yeah. So just trying to get you to think about some of these things. Making sense, guys? Give me, yeah, yeah, yeah. there we go. Um, anyone else willing to, to share a little bit more about their business? One more. All right, well, while you're waiting, I'm gonna pick on someone in a minute. But um, digital marketing, guys. Um, my company really does uh, digital marketing and social media marketing at a really, uh, really high level with a bunch of different companies. But um, what I encourage them to understand is not only their avatar, who they're trying to serve. Because once you get that, what you need to start thinking about is where those people are hanging out, okay? When I say hanging out, that usually means online, okay? If you're trying to serve, um, you know, probably people your age, we're crushing Snapchat ads right now because you guys are using Snapchat more often than obviously grandma is. Grandma is, you know, potentially using Facebook. She's not on Instagram yet. Um, for you guys with the apparel lines, uh, Briggs and what's your name? Cole. Cole? Cole, you guys, I would really encourage you, if you're looking at kind of that higher end fashion, a little more niche product, um, Instagram, based on the demographics, um, would really do well for you. Also, if you think about the digital channel of, of, uh, of Instagram, it's very visual, right? You can show those clothes on people, right? And that'd be really, really cool. Instead of buying, uh, very commonly, we get, oh, part of the marketing plan is like a billboard. A billboard doesn't serve you as well because it's limited to a location. You could, in theory, sell to anybody across the world, right? Billboard limits you geographically, right? So create your own Instagram channel or with a following, that might be a great way to market. Or, uh, anyone know what influencer marketing is? Anyone, ish, kinda, okay. So influencer marketing, for those of you who don't know, is you have someone with a large following in your niche, okay? Um, who's someone that you would say is, uh, either one of you, Briggs uh, or Cole, um, is, is uh, a man that's super fashionable that would really represent your brand well? Thought about that at all? Ricardo TV. Okay. So, do you think that he's got a pretty good Instagram following? Oh, yeah. What Odell if he, Beckham. What, what's that? Odell Beckham. Odell Beckham. There you go. Right? Those are high-end influencers with big followings, right? But if you were able to say, hey, look, you promote my product, I'll split profits with you. Win-win, right? Or you pay him a certain amount of money, hey, I'll throw you, uh, Odell Beckham would be more like, hey, I'll throw you 50 grand. Uh, to, to promote my product and just put one post out there and drive a bunch of traffic to my site and my store. Um, or you could find a middle level influencer in your niche, um, even locally. So for the workout niche and stuff like that, if you find someone local that has a pretty good following, let's say 50,000 uh, followers or something like that, it's pretty good. It's not in the millions though. 
look, you say, hey, here's a thousand bucks. I want you to promote my product. And you know, you're a trainer and I want to do this kind of nutrition thing. You work together and then you explode both your businesses. So see, that makes sense on how the kind of influencer marketing works a little bit. Make sense, guys? So it's all about finding who your target market, who your target customer is congregating, right? If you think about age, demographic, and who they are, it becomes very apparent um, really quickly on where you should be marketing your, uh, your stuff, right? For an older generation, um, it might be TV because they're watching that mid-afternoon uh, TV. Our grandmas and grandpas, you know, my grandma loves those game shows that are on at like three o'clock, right? Yeah, you advertise you know, on TV in those ways, right? But most of you, I would venture to guess, are not picking a niche that, that is that much older. So does that make sense, guys? Yeah? Great. Great, great, great. Um, any questions for me? I know we're kind of coming down to the wire here, but any questions for anything that you want to talk about, guys? Yeah. So I'm kind of interested in media marketing, but uh -huh. like, if you want to start your own business, like, what do you do? Because like, you could, you have like a designer, like, say you have like someone creating the ads, but like, I don't know, like, what do you do? As like a business owner. As the business owner? Yeah. It's a good question. I started off doing all of it. Me and my partner were doing it ourselves, mm -hmm. right? Eventually what we've done is we've built a team uh, around us where we have an ads guy yeah. um, and he does all of our digital ads. He creates our Facebook ads, um, Instagram ads, all that stuff. Um, we have a project manager. We have a copywriter. We have a designer to be able to do all of our client work. Um, and there are times where we actually work with partners. Like uh, for instance, um, if a client comes to me and says, hey, I wanna blow my Instagram channel out, I wanna get tons of growth, mm -hmm. I actually have another partner that that's, all, that's his whole business, right? So I don't go try and reinvent the wheel. I just say, hey look, split profits over here, go nuts, you know, so. Um, so in, in short, if you're starting it and you're kind of in startup mode, you're gonna have to do everything yourself or you know you can hire uh, virtual assistants or other people around to help mm -hmm. if they're really really good at build a team but you're gonna start off doing a lot of it yourself yeah, yeah. Does that help yeah it does nice. thank you how do you like find your team like how do you like pick the right people good question this test and then I have them take a couple other tests actually another one guys that's really valuable is uh, it's called 16 personalities .com, um, that you can take a free test there that's a good little understanding of kind of who who you are and how you work a little bit, and then also a Colby test, K-O-L-B-E test. Um, when, when I go through a hiring process, I, um, I put it out to people everywhere in the world. Um, our project manager is from Cape Town um, in, in South Africa. She's amazing, right? Technology has brought the world a lot closer together, which is really cool, actually. I used to have to go find you know, a project manager from you know, somewhere local so I could actually meet them. Well, now we can do it from around the world. So what I do, is I put out a job posting on multiple sites and I compile about, I try and get about 50 uh, resumes and I'm very specific about the, um, the job description, right? Like down to detail so that I'm only getting high qualified people um, and I disregard the people that don't like answer a question um, because I don't want people that are just filling stuff in and just trying to shoot them out. I want them actually applying for the job. Um, we interview our favorite 10 and then we take our five and we interview them a second time and pick from there. So, good question. Uh, the biggest step for you guys, if you ever own a business, I, the, people skip this step all the time. If you're going through the hiring process, don't just go start interviewing people and try and find a fit. Be very specific about the position you're trying to fill and get those things down to an absolute T. What are the expectations of the position? That will serve you better than anything else. You take nothing else away today. So, any other questions?
mind. Anything. Yeah. How did you get like capital? Like how do you how do you start? Good question. That that's a really good question. Um, there's a couple different ways you can do it. There's obviously getting a business loan from a bank. You got to present a good good business plan for that. Um, the other way you can do it is um, you take another job, uh, you write, and you uh, save a decent chunk of money into where you say, okay, I can last, let's say, six, eight months without working, okay, and then you quit that job and you use that as your, kind of your seed money or startup money. Um, you, uh, you can start as a side hustle. Um, so let's say you work at a nine to five job, right? <clears throat> um, any, any, guys, any one of you guys know Gary Vaynerchuk and who he is? Yeah, there we go. Yep. So he talks a little bit about, okay, if you're interested in starting your own company and you're worried about capital, go find a nine to five job that pays you pretty well, but doesn't mentally drain you, a relatively easy one where you can make a little bit of money so that you have the hours of you know, seven to midnight or whatever to work on your side hustle. And what you do is you start trading time for money. Okay, when I say that is whatever business that you're in, Okay, you're not paying yourself, but you're starting to build a business in those hours. So for me, and I'm talking digital marketing, just trying to help you out a little bit. Digital marketing, I would start consulting with people or creating a marketing plan or running ads for them potentially, but it's on my time, so it's not costing me anything. And then I just kind of build that into the business and scale it up until I can hire other people and or quit my job. So does that make sense? Okay. Now for yours, we would have to get a little creative. That might be more something along the lines where you save enough money or you get a business loan and you really define who you're trying to sell to and then try and sell as much as possible. Entirely possible. I've seen your, your offer and your idea is actually fairly fleshed out. I've seen people make good money on less fleshed out ideas. Um, and it's really interesting because you know exactly who it's for. Um, so that's something you could sell online. And if you figure out the strategy right, that could be selling while you're sleeping, in theory. You know? So anyway, just off the cuff. Anyone else? I think we took it right, right up. That's right, bell and bell right there. Nice. Thank you guys, I really appreciate it. I really appreciate it, thank you. Uh, seriously, reach out to me anytime. Any of you have questions, anything, let me know. That's what I'm here for.